I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. Just click on the link in the description below or go to my website, AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And today we're going to be talking about borderline versus bipolar disorder. Right. It can be really confusing. Yes, it can. And even a lot of therapists probably get confused, get confused if you listen. when they're yeah. dealing with clients yes, because the behavior can be similar. Mm -hmm. So today we're going to talk about it because it's really important to understand the difference. Right? Yep. And if you're dating somebody that's borderline or bipolar or you are yourself, you have to understand things in order to manage things better. So we're going to explore that today. And Margaret, you know, you have a lot of experience with both. Yes. And I'm sure that many of the men that you dealt with in prison were borderline well, and bipolar. When I went to school and was taught what they call psychopathology, I was told that only women were borderlines. Mm -hmm. It's true. You used to be all good and now you're all bad. That only women were borderlines uh -huh. and that the men were antisocial. Well, and that speaks to how we're socialized, right? Yeah. Um, borderlines cut themselves and are histrionic and scream and yell and cause all sorts of noise. And actually the, the, the difficulties are turned inward in a borderline. In other words, women don't confront the world, they kind of take the anger out on themselves. Mm -hmm. Whereas the guys go steal a car, mm -hmm. all right, um, to act out whatever crazy stuff they're feeling. Mm -hmm. But that is absolutely not true across the board. And when I went to work in the prison system, I realized in about five minutes that that's where the borderline men are. Okay? Mm -hmm. um, yes, there are lots of bipolar men in the prison, but there are many borderline men in the prison. Okay? okay, so let's talk with you about borderline symptoms. Yeah, let's talk about what is it? What is a borderline personality disorder? What does that even mean? What it really means, and the reason it was named borderline personality disorder, is that psychiatrists realized um, that there's a category of people who don't really have schizophrenia or bipolar, but they kind of live on the edge and sometimes go over the edge into what's called psychotic behavior. Mm -hmm. So they might have a schizophrenic episode or a mood episode that doesn't seem to make any sense. So borderline personality disorder means that you kind of live on the edge of that. Mm -hmm. So you have a fairly... You're right you on have, the border. Yeah. You have a serious condition if you have this, but it is, it is treatable. Mm -hmm. And the criteria are you see frantic efforts to avoid abandonment. Okay? And you can see it from men or women I can't tell you the number of borderline women uh, I've, I've worked with who are with abusive men, but the thought of being abandoned or not having them in their life is beyond what they can tolerate, okay? Um, unstable pers personal relationships. I love you one minute, I hate you the next minute. You're God's gift to the world today, but you are lower than low tomorrow, okay? So borderlines will often idealize with, you know, love relationships or even with an institution. There's a joke. Um, if a borderline calls your agency, 
uh, tell them to call the agency down the street because by tomorrow they'll like them better. Okay? So really, a really unstable pattern of relationships. And I'm not making fun of anything. That's just the reality. Yeah. Okay? It's not easy to be borderline. Um, <clears throat> that they have dangerous behavior, which is very similar to bipolar, usually in the areas of sex, spending money, or reckless, crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay? And that, again, can be quite like bipolar. They have recurrent suicidal thoughts and behaviors or threats. And I was talking with someone not long ago who said when his girlfriend threatened to leave him, he would do all of those things. He threatened to cut himself, he threatened to kill himself, etc., etc., etc. And those things are often a, a borderline preoccupation. Which is what you said a minute ago, yeah. frantic efforts to, to avoid, avoid abandonment. abandonment. That's mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Um, and I want to go on and talk about this a little bit more okay. because the person has such tremendous separation anxiety that their internal state is just overwhelmed by feeling primal panic. Absolutely right. So they feel like they're dying. They feel like they're going to die. All of the time. And so when you feel like that and you can't shut it off, you want to die. And you do all kinds of crazy things. And if dying is not particularly convenient that day, sometimes if you do all the crazy relationships and the cutting and, and you create total chaos, it'll at least make you feel a little better. Yeah, and, and a lot of the behavior <laughs> is just this frantic effort yeah. to change your internal state. Yes, to change how you feel inside. Absolutely right. Because you didn't learn how to soothe yourself. And they don't know how to soothe that anxiety. That's right. And they just feel like they're going to die all the time and so they just get to the point where like I might as well die because I can't take feeling I like this. I can't take this anymore. I can't. Right. I just can't. Absolutely. And, and, and when they start doing all the bizarre behavior and it doesn't work, then they get even more desperate. That's right. And one of the things to keep in mind, because borderline folks can be very challenging and there are people who will not treat them. I have never particularly minded because I understand where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. It's a very, very early developmental arrest in the first two and three years of life. Yeah. Okay? That for whatever reason, and it may not even be mom's fault, suddenly mom abandons the baby. Not because she chose to, she may have had another baby. Somebody else in the family may be ill. Um, a hurricane could happen. She might be sick herself and have to leave the baby with someone else. Mm -hmm. All kinds of things that aren't mm -hmm. anybody's fault can make that happen. And what I'll, if the baby got sick? And the baby and they had to take the, the baby to the hospital for months. I had a case one time where I had a woman who was clearly borderline, but I really couldn't get any feel for what happened or how it happened. So I did what I always do, I asked to see her mother. And she brought in her mother, and what we found out was, number one, mom was extremely anxious when she had this baby. And she would be very anxious when she was feeding her, and the baby wouldn't eat. Picking up the anxiety, the baby wouldn't eat. So the baby was hospitalized and separated from mom several times in the first year of life. There you go. Okay? And she was in constant terror of being abandoned and she did all the crazy things that people do not to think about it. Um, she would be the poster child for being in this. However, 
Her mother was a very nice woman, and we were able to find some ways to go back and at least repair some of it. Yeah. So we were fortunate to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. But that's why it happens. Um, and I've seen things written in books that are just awful about borderlines, how they're not sincere, they're only manipulating you, they only want to raid your emotional sources, and I don't believe any of that if we handle them correctly. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think they're evil people, I think they're unfortunate people. <clears throat> yeah. So, how do we tell that from bipolar? Looks a lot alike, we think. The behavior looks a lot Doesn't alike. Doesn't it? But I think the symptom that, that's causing it is different, right? Yes, it is. Like the borderline, it's the frantic efforts of abandonment that yeah. they feel like they're going to die. Right. And they're trying to get close to people or... Desperately. Yeah. Desperately. But then they're also known for biting the hand that feeds them. So that if you feel bad for a borderline and you put yourself out for them, they may push you away. Yeah. Because they're not used to being close to anybody. And the people that they had to rely on, yeah. in many cases, may have been dangerous unreliable. or unreliable. Or unreliable. Or, yeah. yeah. And I so, had someone, how can they trust them? I had someone tell me one time, I know you people, I was the boss and she was complaining about her therapist. So they sent her to me. And I said to her, so, um, we're not working for you, what's wrong, what's going on? And she said, an outstretched hand is confusing to me. I don't know whether it's a fist or a hand. And when someone starts to get close to me, I don't know if they're going to hurt me or they're going to help you or they're going to help me. Mm -hmm. Help me understand. You know that they can help us understand better than anyone else can. Um, and after we got that out on the table, she was able to make some progress. Um, but it's a terrible condition. But you're never going to not notice that there's somebody who's borderline. You will never not know they're, they're around. Yeah. Um, they will let you know. They will get your attention. They may tell you to go to hell right after that, but they will get your attention. Okay? Mm -hmm. And they've also sometimes been ignored to the point where they wonder if they exist. So that if at least you respond to them, they know they're still here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, there was a wonderful statement in one of the articles I read over the weekend that said, Diagnosis is best viewed as a movie rather than a snapshot. Okay? So how are we going to tell a bipolar person from a borderline person? Um, bipolar occurs in episodes. Um, I could have a depressive episode or a manic episode tomorrow, mm -hmm. and it would have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And in between episodes, most bipolar people come back to a pretty normal state. Mm -hmm. A borderline does not. If a borderline has to, they will have a different crisis every day, but they will have a crisis, okay? And it's much more based on what's going on in their lives. A boyfriend, the guy at the drugstore hates me, I know he does, and he's also told my grandmother that I shoplifted there. Stuff like that, mm -hmm. crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so, and but, that's a huge difference. That's a huge difference, yes. I want to recap this okay. because I really think they need to understand this because right. I think this is probably the main difference, mm -hmm. right? The borderline is always, always. frantically yeah. feeling abandonment or smothered and trapped and uh, desperate for attention. Every day. Lots All of day. acting out. They're always in primal panic. Yes. The bipolar person can go months yes. where they're perfectly normal and then all of a sudden they have a major depression or a manic phase, right? That's right. 
So you see the difference? Is and that it's a total change of mood. Now the borderline can change states pretty quickly. It can, take, it can look like a change of mood, but it really isn't. It's as Craig said before, the crazy activity to avoid the abandonment mm -hmm. feelings. Yeah. All right? So good. That's major. Yeah. One of the other things immediately to ask about bipolar is how well does this person sleep? Because there's almost no bipolar person ever who sleeps well. One of the major signs of an approaching episode of bipolar is that sleep, you stop being able to sleep. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the first things that you ask. Whereas if you're borderline and you've been in crisis for a week and a half over the guy at the drugstore, um, you're pretty worn out by the end of the day. So you might see somebody on social media do some or say something bizarre. Two o'clock in the morning, yep. three o'clock in the morning. Yep. Maybe it's on Facebook. Maybe it's on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's on Instagram. Whatever. All kinds of bizarre things in the middle of the night the is a good night. indication. Right. That borderlines. I uh, mean, bipolar. bipolar folks are still up because mm -hmm. they can never sleep well. Um, and one woman. So watch that in the news. You'll see that with celebrities. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. Um, that is true. Um, the other thing is bipolar runs very strongly in families. So one of the other things you ask, is there anyone else in your family who has any kind of mental illness or mood disorder or mood changes or bipolar disorder? And very, very often you hear that what they call a first degree relative, a parent or a grandparent, has also had the condition. Mm -hmm. Schizophrenia and the other things are less so than bipolar. Mm -hmm. um, so there are three things then. Um, how often do the moods change? And if it's every five minutes, you probably have a borderline. How well does the sleep person sleep? If it's not well, you might have a bipolar person. Mm -hmm. um, and their relationships can be unstable also. Um, and relationships are often unstable. And I'll tell you one of my favorite stories. <clears throat> a lady that we were visiting when I was doing protective work and she'd been reported for neglecting her children a couple of times. So we went out and we visited her, and she had, had, she had broken up with her boyfriend a week or so before we were called out. But she seemed to kind of get back to normal. And then maybe three weeks later, someone went out to see her and see how she was doing. And she had married the gas man. She had only been out of a relationship for three weeks, if even that. And she had married the gas man. So we said, well, how long have you known the gas man? Well, he's had this route for about a month. <laughs> okay, so she went directly from one relationship to another with no mourning, no grieving, no thinking about it, but she wasn't alone. And, and uh, many people watching this are about. thinking, wait a minute, my ex left me for somebody else. The difference is she married the guy yeah. in three weeks. In three weeks, yeah. Not just started dating them, right. and she married, married this guy. Married yes. Yeah. And that's how desperate people can be to avoid this abandonment, okay? Mm -hmm. So in many ways, um, borderline personality disorder is really, in the last analysis, an attachment disorder. And it's, it's I don't know what you'd say, it's, it's desperately avoidant, but desperately into it also. Longing. Yes, longing, that's the term they use. People mm -hmm. long for a relationship will do anything to get it and then have all kinds of problems once they mm -hmm. do get it. Okay. And and I would say that if you were going to be in a relationship with the borderline, 
they would probably be more exhausting yes. over the long haul right. because it's going to always come out, right? And you need to know that. If you want to date somebody that has borderline personality disorder, you have to be emotionally prepared for that. Right. Don't do it if you're not ready. If you love that person and you really want to stick through it, then that's fine, but know what you're getting into. And it's going to be an absolute roller coaster. Um, bipolar is a mellow roller coaster, <laughs> you know, where you're up one day and down the next. Hey, but, some people like roller coasters. <laughs> but borderline is a daily roller coaster mm -hmm. where you're up, you're down, you're in, you're out, and so is everyone else in their lives. Mm -hmm. And let's just let me throw in, I've never known a borderline who had a good relationship with their mother. So if you have somebody who talks to their mother several times a day and is always fighting with her, you can be pretty sure that that diagnosis is there somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I've had many questions, particularly from men who are dating borderline women, who are often fun and exciting to be with, but so changeable they're driving the guys nuts and they're trying to look at, you know, can I have a long-term relationship with this person? Not unless they get help, most likely. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes antidepressants help. I worked with a psychiatrist one time who'd give people a really low dose of an antidepressant, and that worked very well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If, they if they're willing to get help, then of course everything is manageable. Everything is manageable. But know what you're getting into. Yeah. That's the thing, is that, you know, you don't want to step into something that you're not ready for because they're going to get upset at you because you're not there for them or you're distancing yourself or you're not being supportive enough right. and you're just going to be exhausted and saying what am I doing? And nothing's going to make any sense. I, we had this wonderful relationship yesterday. Nobody had ever been in love in the universe as much as we were yesterday. And today she's seeing the gas man. Yeah. yeah. Alright, I think we did a real nice job of explaining some differences which may seem subtle but they're really not. If you're living with it, they're really not. Yeah. So. If you're going to look at dating somebody that has either of those issues, then know what you're getting into. Like I said, that's so important. And always take your time before making a commitment. Mm -hmm. Now, as we all know, there is no more delirious, wonderful, marvelous experience in the world than falling in love. Mm -hmm. And you feel like God meant for you to be together and everything is absolutely wonderful beyond belief. Mm -hmm. But please, 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 know someone for at least a year before you make a commitment. Yeah. Because people can hold it together for periods of time, but not over a whole year, usually. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so make sure you subscribe to the channel. And if you want to get our help personally, just go to my website, AskCraig.net. You can sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coaching or Skype coaching. And of course, Margaret is now available for Skype coaching. And I thank those of you who have signed up. It's been wonderful to talk with you. Just click on Margaret on the top of my website and then it'll show you how to sign up with her. But that's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon. Hi, I'm Coach Margaret, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist with 35 years experience. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. If you would like professional help with your situation, please contact us at askcraig.net.